It's all in the name. You see there the name of Jesus? Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, which means Emmanuel, God with us. It's all in the name. Hands up if you like your name. That's more than half. Let's just, oh, we've got one or two of those. Hands up if if you don't like your name too much. Oh, it's four hands that have gone up. Four hands. Um, Interesting. Some names are pretty strong. Well, I know we've got some uh, Johns here. And uh, if you know, you probably do if you're called John. Um, I don't actually think there is a John in the room. Um, as I'm, uh, in fact, I don't think there's many names that I've got in this list in the room. John, it's a strong name. Do you know what it means? God is gracious. If you're called Chris, uh, you'll know that it means bearing Christ. If you're called Rosie, you know that it means Rose. It's not too tricky, that one. Do you know the name Ian? <laughs> it's a bad name. You know when you search, uh, maybe at motorway services, uh, and you search through mugs or bookmarks or key rings, and you see your name, or you look for your name. No longer can I find an Ian. And maybe this is why. In 2017, do you know the name Ian was not given to any baby in the UK? Ians are a dying breed. Sad. And so, with absolute joy and delight, at Bista Avenue Garden Centre, here's my mug. And do you know what's quite amazing about this? They can't even find out what Ian means. So here's what the mug says. Ian, absolute top bloke. (laughs) Give thanks for his awesomeness. I thought that was a pretty good mug. Ian does mean, same as John, God is gracious. It's funny with names. You see, what I like to do is try and match up the names of people with what they actually mean. We love to look at those words in the service station and say, oh, wise, very gentle and loving, brave, confident. We love to see what our name actually means. And you see, here's the other way round. Jesus was called by his name because God knew what he would do. God knew who he was. Quite the reverse for us. Do our names match up to what they mean? Not with Jesus. Today, it's all in the name. And interestingly, we've read this. Matthew, he takes us on the journey of the groom instead of the bride. He introduces the focus of his gospel with Joseph. We've seen, make way for the king. Next Sunday, it will all come together. The king is coming. And you see there, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. And he goes on into the story of Joseph. Why the focus on Joseph? It's only Matthew that does this. Well, perhaps as a Jew... And a tax collector, his focus was on the credibility of the lineage of Jesus, the genealogy of Jesus. Remember last week, if you were here, it's why Matthew starts. He wants to track the line 
from Joseph all the way back to David because it was the father's ancestry that gave the true legal status. But we know that Joseph isn't the blood father. Why does Matthew do it? Let's read. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Here's Joseph. Matthew makes a big deal of his lineage. It's because that lineage will stand up legally. It's that lineage that passes the test of time. But here's Joseph, and he's about to divorce his soon-to-be wife. What? Here's Joseph, and he's about to divorce his soon-to-be wife. It doesn't quite add up in our culture. You see what happened in those days? Here's the Jewish marriage, marriage custom. It's very natural. The pledge to be married, like our engagement, it's a solemn contract that lasted a year before the actual wedding ceremony. So in effect, Joseph, he was bound to marry in marriage. It was a contract that they couldn't get out of. So can you imagine the moment Perhaps familiar with this story, but can you imagine the moment Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant? We're watching The Star at the moment. I think it's Disney's version of the nativity. I recommend it. Mary at that moment tells Joseph, it's all cartoon, because he sees the bump. Six months she'll have been pregnant. Coming back. Uh, from cousin Elizabeth. And in the Disney animation, Joseph sees the bump and he wobbles. He has to sit down. He's stunned. He's speechless. Perhaps if EastEnders did a version, then he'd have Mary against the wall. What? Disgrace. And yet we see... He's an upright man. Look in verse 20. He's an upright man, sorry, uh, before, b- because he's going, to, he's going to terminate the contract in divorce. And he's upright because he wants to do it properly. Of course, he'd have right to if Mary was pregnant through another man. But look, verse 20, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to make Mary, to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And again, all too familiar words perhaps. The nativity scene and the build-up towards the nativity scene as they begin to start their journey. Joseph, in that time, he wakes up. In a dream, the angel of the Lord appears to him. In a dream, the angel speaks so clearly. And here's the big message. There's no other man 
It's the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit. And here's, here's Joseph, a good Jewish boy. And he knows that the Spirit, the Spirit all the way through the law in the Old Testament is the one who revealed God's will to the world. From the creation of the world to the revealing of God's word to the prophets foretelling of this king. All the way through to Ezekiel. As the Spirit is all about recreating the valley of the dry bones and breathes breath into those dry bones. Now the Spirit finds a perfect vehicle through whom to reveal God. The Spirit's work is all about revealing. Can you imagine the scene? As Joseph wakes from his dream, I wake from my dreams a moment or two, I have some recollection of what I dreamt. And in a click of a finger, it's gone. But imagine Joseph at that time. An angel of the Lord has spoken to him. And the work of the Spirit has been upon his wife-to-be. Of course, that's all narrative in the way of introduction to the meat of this passage. But it's good to have something in your mind's eye of what went on, what really happened. Uh, and here it is, two names for Jesus. And it's all in the name. Here's what the angel says to Joseph. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. In effect, this is what the angel is saying. Your soon-to-be wife has not cheated on you. It's the work of the Spirit within her. And she will give birth to a son. And you will call him Jesus. Why? Because that literally means Yahweh saves. God saves. It literally means God to the rescue. That's why you're to give him the name Jesus. Here's the great covenant God, Yahweh. And he's stooping down one time in history to save his people. Here's the start of the rescue plan unfurled, unwrapped. It is here. And Matthew wants to make it crystal clear by recording this episode not just that his name will be Jesus but it's all in the name he is to be called Jesus because of what he will do he is to be called Jesus because he will save people from their sins and hey Jesus was a common name Joshua in Hebrew form Jesus Joshua but it is so significant for Matthew. And those words can be recorded, Psalm 130, verses 7 and 8. Look right back to the Psalms. And as Joseph is working this through, here's something that he'll have remembered. Psalm 130, 7 and 8. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. 
he himself will redeem Israel from their sins. It is God at work who will redeem Israel from their sins. Jesus, because he will save them from their sins. Something I've got quite used to saying, Jesus, he will save them from their sins. Why is this so crucial? Why is this the heart of the Christian message? Well, this is what he's come to do, save people from our sinful heart in which transgressions and sins flow out of. He's not come to patch over the wrong things that I do. He's come to deal with the heart in which flows out those sinful thoughts and sinful deeds and sinful words. Because our hearts are set up against God and his rule for life. If I don't get that, if I don't understand that, if I don't keep coming back to that, there's no Christmas and the birth of Jesus becomes quite normal, quite mundane. And I'm lured into thinking it's about other things that the world would have me believe. If I don't get what Jesus came to do because he was called Jesus. He will save people from their sins. It's quite easy to see expressions of the human heart out there. It's quite easy to, to watch through the TV screen or read in the newspapers. We see different expressions of the state of mankind's heart. The hatred and anger in Paris. You seen that on the news recently? The twisted nature of the human heart, heart that would lead someone to murder Grace Milan, the British backpacker found on the outskirts of Auckland, New Zealand, just a few hours ago. The lies, the deception, the backbiting we see, go, we see in governments. Let's just say in the UK and the US. You see, it, it's out there. And we'd be right to point them out. We'd be right to notice them. But the thing is, it isn't just out there. It, it's here. It's in Bicester. It's in town church. It's in this room. You see, it's in this heart. Unless I see the problem, I'll never truly understand, appreciate Christmas. Appreciate Jesus, the name that describes his action. And hey, it's worth today just stopping for a moment before we get carried away with the fair sweep of Christmas because it's exciting times. For a moment, just consider this. How desperate, how desperate and tragic must my state have been before God for himself to come and sort me out? How grim my reality, how great the depths of my rebellion and inability to do anything about it, that God would move. God would move 
himself. The message of Christmas is quite magnificent. That's why we're doing carols at the rugby club a bit later on. Because the message of Christmas is magnificent for those whose hearts are set against him. That's why we're doing Nativity next week. Because the message of Christmas is quite magnificent. It's all about a man who will save people from their sins. Here's the big question. Do you know him? Do you trust him? It's all in the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. And then secondly, Jesus. Look, who is he? He is Emmanuel, God with us. Look, verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Matthew, converted Jewish boy, is always keen to let the reader know the connection between history and real time. Look at what was foretold, he's saying. 700 years earlier, Isaiah 7. Matthew is recording this because he's desperate for the reader to get this. Look, this was called 700 years ago. And after 400 years of quiet, from God, God has now broken through. But Matthew's at pains to say, okay, 400 years of quiet, but look, God has not been silent. He's not. God has spoken through history. Look how he's been working through the genealogy of Joseph. All the way back from Abraham. You see how God is at work? And Matthew's at pains here to say, oh, God might have been quiet, but he hasn't been silent. Look how he's spoken through his word. Verse 23 is driven from the prophet Isaiah. And that's how God speaks. And now we see, look how God has spoken. He's spoken through a dream and through an angel, foretelling what will happen. And now look how God's spoken. Ultimately, through his presence. It's his son, it's Emmanuel, it's God with us, it's him. God with us. Look, the virgin birth might be controversial to some. Not because of the shortage of evidence, but because of the assumption that God cannot do miracles. How could this have happened? Rob Bell he used to love some of his stuff, some of his Numa videos. This is what he said recently. He likened the virgin birth to one brick in the wall of theology. What do you lose if you lose that one brick? As he says, the virgin birth doesn't matter too much. Mark Driscoll at the time went back to him. He said absolutely nothing except Jesus. Isn't that true? Of course you lose everything if you take the virgin birth away. Why? Because in Isaiah 7 it was foretold. This is what will happen. 
the virgin birth is, actually, is absolutely central to the Christian faith. David Robertson, the Christian writer of our time in Scotland, he says, listen, if you're not going to accept the virgin birth, it's like a man who goes into a fish and chip shop and announces, please, one fish supper, but without the fish. The virgin birth really really matters. Why? It shows us that God is not distant. Why? Because it's Emmanuel. It's God with us. This is how God has come to the world that he's created. He's come as a baby. He's come as a helpless little babe. Those of you who are mothers and fathers holding that helpless little child, nothing that they can do without your support. Look at them now, three standing up there. Chris, Ben, look at them. Can't do anything without Katie's help, Ben's help, Chris's help. We sang the song last week from the squalor of a borrowed stable. The second verse says this, King of heaven, now the friend of sinners, humble servant in the Father's hands, filled with power and the Holy Spirit, filled with mercy for the broken man. And then it kicks in. Yes, he walked my road and he felt my pain, joys and sorrows that I know so well, yet his righteous steps give me hope again. I will follow my Emmanuel. The virgin birth, as Jesus came into the world. Emmanuel, God with us, weak and helpless. And he walked my road as he grew to a boy and into a man. And he felt my pain, joys and sorrows that I know so well, yet his righteous steps Give me hope again. I will follow my Emmanuel. Why does Emmanuel matter? Sam Albury, he said this in a tweet recently, O come all ye faithless, joyless and defeated. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. He said this is it. Christmas is for the weary. Christmas is for the messed up. Christmas is for the broken. If your life isn't Instagrammable, Christmas is for you. You see that? Because he, he walked my road and he felt my pain. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And he came in the meekest and mildest and most vulnerable of positions and places as a new born baby. What a claim from the outset of Matthew's gospel. Absolutely exclusive. See, it blows out the water. Any idea that each of us, in our own way, can get to God. Blows out the idea that all roads lead ultimately to God. Because here Matthew records that No, 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 it's not about me or you or anyone getting to God. It's about God who has found his way to get back 
two worlds. God did not send a teacher to teach us good ways. God didn't send us a, a physicist. God didn't send us a, a politician to give us any kind of guidance. He didn't send us a, a guru to follow. He sent his son. And his son, Jesus, knows, known as Emmanuel himself, God with us. And he came to save us from our sins. Who is Jesus and why did he come? Here Matthew screams out, get this. Jesus, he came to save people from their sins. And who is he? It's God himself. Step down from heaven to do something about my hideous position. All out of love. Because he loved me and you so much. Will you make way for the king? Will you stop if you've been a Christian many years and say, wow, this is it. He will come and save people from their sins. He saved me. Thank you, Lord. And he's able to do it because he's God himself. He's God himself. Let me pray. And then we'll sing and perhaps chat a little bit um, about the reality, the implication of this. Uh, for us in Bista. Father, thank you for these words recorded by Matthew. As we prayed before, uh, they'll be familiar to many of us, perhaps to some of us new and somewhat confusing. Lord, help the, the simplicity of the way that Matthew writes and the drive that he wants his readers to get that here is Jesus. God has spoken. God has started his rescue plan for a world that is desperately messed up and broken. And he's done that through stepping into a broken world himself through his son Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. And he sent the one who will save people from their sins. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Help us to see and to savour him today, this week, all over Christmas. Help us to see the wonder, the wonder of Christmas. Again, fresh. Open our eyes to this wonderful truth and help us to be more excited than we've ever been. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.